up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Fulfillment Podcast, where we help discover a better you by finding fulfillment in life, relationships, and finance. I'm your host, Josh, and in this episode, going over the price of success, what does it cost, and what is it going to take to get you to where you want to go? And we talk about this all the time, right? I think this is something that uh, is super relevant in just about anything you do. And what I'm going to do in this episode is give you a few tips to kind of break it down and show you you really want to make it to the next level you really want to take yourself and get yourself out of the the weird kind of like rut that you're in doing the same mundane things i think we can all definitely uh relate to it especially during right now covid right and we're all just used to sitting around and probably not doing much we're kind of just now getting into the rhythm of actually getting back out being social being productive and doing something that makes a change so how can we do that and how are you able to get yourself out of the weird ass rut that we're all stuck in Right, everybody gets you know that weird space where you just get stuck on the couch and you like feel like you want to just keep sleeping all day and not do anything and I don't know you just you haven't been productive and you feel like a piece of shit just because you're not doing anything. How do we get out of that? So the price of success. What does it break down to? What are some quick and easy ways to do it? Well, let's start with the first one. There's a cool quote. There's a uh, there's a quote out there that I think Jason Capital said one time when I was listening to some stuff that he put out. Um, it's basically the snake that can't shed its skin perishes. And I think that's super powerful in just the context of what that means and what it portrays, right? Because basically what it's saying is everything that I say almost every damn time is you have to be willing to make a change in order to get to where you are or to where you want to go, right? There's that same analogy of point A requires who you are right now. Point A is the version of you that you are today. Point B is totally different, right? Drastically different person is a point B. Now, if you want to get to point B, if you want to get to that goal, the end state, maybe it's maybe it's buying a million dollar mansion, or maybe it's living on some beach someplace, or maybe it's being able to travel and fly all over, um, being able to go home with your parents, or it could just be simple as having a kid or getting in a house or you know something just next life event, getting that promotion, right? What are those different things going to take, and what's it going to be to get you there? And you have to understand that you got to sacrifice who you are today to get to where you are or get to where you want to be. In the future, and that means you know maybe letting go of friends, maybe making different group of friends, um, letting go of family members that are dragging you down. More often than not, a lot of people in their life, their family is not a very positive influence to their success, right? So it's not necessarily cutting those people out, but editing the time that you spend with them, right? Pick times to spend with them when they are in a positive place in their life, right? When they're in a positive state, when they're thinking good, when they're um, expressing positive energy, right, and helping you and supporting you. Um, maybe it's getting rid of, if you're looking for a house, right? Maybe you have some realtor that's not really on your side and it's not like helping you out or you're not getting into showings and stuff. Don't let that stuff, don't let that be okay. Right. If you, if you want to get into a house and maybe the, um, maybe the housing market, right. That you're looking in is, is hot and you can't seem to get a showing in time because your realtor is just dragging their feet or maybe they have a bunch of other clients. So you're not like a super huge priority. Um, don't stick around with them. Continue to shop around. Find another person who can get the job done and get it done the way you need to, right? That's okay. You don't don't worry about pissing somebody off if that's something you're worried about. That's okay. That's a change that you have to make, right? That's a that's a skin that you have to shed. That's something you have to do in order to get to where you want to go, right? There's 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 tiny little examples that we can put in all these things every single day, but don't be afraid to shed your skin to make the changes that are required to get you to where you want to be and where you want to go. The second one Number two, you have to understand if you're growing, right? If you're if you're growing in your life and you're becoming um, this this newer, better version, and you're 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 
striving so hard to become this improvement of who you are that you have to become selective, right? You have to be picking your environment based on what it is that you want to become. So you have to, you have to understand that there's a standard and you have to set that standard and not change it, right? Don't give up your standard for anything because if you give up your standard, then you're sacrificing that point that you want to be at. So in business, right, there's kind of like the clients that you want to work with. Who are the ideal clients? And you can take this across anything that you do, but think of it in a business sense. What are the clients you wanted to work with? Well, the coolest thing or the, the hardest thing is being selective, right? Especially when you're starting out or you're just doing something different or whatever. There's not, um, you don't have anybody. So there's nothing in terms of being selective. There's nobody to be selective against, right? However, once you do start going, you'll notice that some clients that you sacrificed on or that you changed your standards for gave you a harder time and you're spending too much time with those clients or maybe they're not even being profitable for you or maybe they're not even helping you or maybe that product that you're selling that you changed your standards to put on your shelf isn't something that's working out for you. It costs too much to produce and it's one of your lowest revenue producing items, right? There's all these different things and that, that boils over not just from talking about products and business and sales and stuff, but you can look at it in terms of family members, right? Maybe, maybe your mom or your dad or somebody is not supporting you in the direction that you want to go and not helping you with the things that you're trying to accomplish. Maybe they're a negative influence or they're telling you, you can't do things right. They may be looking out for your best interest, which is what makes it really, really hard, but you still need to keep in mind that there is a way you can do it. And there are positives in everything that you can do and you need to find it and you need to stick yourself around the people that continue to think that way. Three things that I use usually when I think um, in terms of growing a business or being selective in terms of growing and trying to be better is I've developed a, a three key phases is do I like them? Can I help them? And can they pay, right? Are they qualified as a client, as a customer? to do, do, can they do what I need them to do? And how does that translate to anything? Well, one, do I like them? If I don't like the person, then I'm not going to want to spend any extra time. I'm probably not going to really care about them very much. And I'm not going to want to go above and beyond for sure. Right. Damn sure. I'm not going to try and go above and beyond for somebody I do not like this person's an asshole. If they're a dick, if they treat other people like shit, right. Those are the people that you're probably not going to go out of your way to try and help. And you have to understand that, right? Because if you don't like that, then subconsciously you're already telling and setting them up for failure. You're already telling yourself that you're not going to do the extra work. You do not like them. You do not want to spend time with them, which means you're not going to want to spend extra time taking them to the next level, right? So you really have to be selective about the people that you have in your life. Do you like who they are? The second way, can you help them? Do you bring value to the table for them? right? If you don't, then chances are there's nothing that you have that they want. If, if you're talking to, um, a girl that likes super short guys and, you know, maybe uh, bald headed dudes, you know, or whatever, and that's the opposite of what you, maybe you're a tall, dark haired guy with a, a flowing, beautiful, luscious locks, right? Not describing myself, but just saying, um, you're probably not going to be somebody that she wants to be around or is going to like very much, right? You have to have the qualities that the person is looking for be that clients or relationships or friendships or anything, right? You have to be able to bring something to the table. And I talked about this in one of the previous episodes. You have to be able to bring value to people all the time. So you have to understand that the people in your life, the people that you want to keep in your life, the people that you find value with, make sure that you're also bringing value to the table. And that just comes with having a positive mindset, 
you have to understand that the more positivity you bring to the table, chances are the more value you're also going to bring to the table. So find things that are valuable to people and just be somebody that's all around grateful for everything. You know, somebody that has gratitude in their life. So do that, right? That's the second way. The third one, can they pay, right? Are they qualified as an individual to be a client of yours, right? You know the value you bring to the table. Now are they bringing the same thing to the table themselves? As a client, right, you want the client to be able to pay for the services that you're doing. Because if somebody's going to nickel and dime you all the time, right, on your services and your fees and your pricing and all that, right, they're not going to be a good client who down the road is going to be somebody that you, one, want to work with and who, two, is going to help make you money and in turn you make them money, right? So it kind of negates even number one and number two if they can't do number three, which is pay. If they can't afford to use you and your services to their full extent, then it's not worth it. There was, a, um, there was a phrase that I was listening to earlier, or a speech that I was listening to earlier, and I pulled a phrase out of it. It was basically, you should never settle on lowering your price. You should always look to add value. So always have your price, and your price is what your price is, and you're never going to change that. But you can add more value to the conversation or to the deal that you're bringing to the table. Now, generally, those people that try and gouge you are not good clients. They are not going to be people that are going to work with you in an aspect that down the road, when you keep working with them six months, a year, two years from now, that they're going to be people that you're going to be excited about getting on the phone to. You're probably going to be someone that when they call, and I've done this, right? We've all been there. They call and you sit there and you roll your eyes and you're like, oh my God, this person again, like I can't stand talking to this person because every time I talk to them, it's a problem or it's a, why is this on there? Or is it a, you know, why am I getting charged X, Y, Z? You know, it's like all these things. And as long as you're being transparent with people, you should have no fear of that. But that doesn't always happen, right? That's not always the case. Sometimes people just get pissy and they, they constantly try and nickel and dime you for every little thing that's going on. And you don't want that. Nobody wants that, right? It, it changes the whole dynamic of the relationship and then ultimately drives it into the ground. Remember, don't be that person, right? When you're working with somebody else, don't ever be that person either. However, just understand when you're looking for clients and you're looking for people in your life, don't be some, don't be around somebody that's going to have that kind of like negative energy because you're going to resent them at some point down the road. At some point, you will resent those kind of people because they're just not people that you want to work with. They're going to be constantly bringing the negative energy to the table and you don't, you don't want that. It's not healthy. You want to surround yourself with the people that are like firing you up and getting you motivated, right? We all know who those people are. We all know those people who every time we get on the phone with them or we start texting them or the group chat or whatever, like it's exciting and we get motivated about it and we love talking to them and it's, 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 it fires you up, you know, it gets you going. I, uh, I got, you know, I have those people in my life too. I have the people that when I'm looking at like real estate or something, or I'm, I'm talking about business things or I'm getting stuff going, like just being around those people and having their like positive energy gets you fired up, man. Like it gets you going because you're like, fuck yeah. Like look at like now they're going and they're, you're feeding off of them and everybody's like pumping each other up and you're getting this like energy going and you're, you're almost unstoppable. You get to this point where you're just like, you have this unstoppable exuberant energy that you've got in this dynamic, this group dynamic that's going on. And that's what you need, right? You need to surround yourself with the people that have that and bring that to the table and have that value to add to your life as opposed to the people who are constantly negative, bringing you down, giving you bad examples of things that like all this stuff that's happening or could potentially come up, right? We all know those people that are like, oh, well, what about this? Did you think of that? What if this happened? Like, yeah, I got it. Like, I'm going to solve the problem. Be somebody that's like, hey, let's keep going. Like, this is gonna be fucking sweet. Like, we're gonna fucking crush it, right? 
And I know a lot of people are always out there and they'll say, well, don't ignore the problems. Well, you can approach it one of two ways, right? You could either ignore the potential of the problems or you could just plan for all these, you could just plan for contingencies, right? Have like a, we'll call it a contingency budget, almost like that's a thing. But you can plan for contingencies and then just focus on go, go, go and doing the best job you can with everything you have, right? Got it. There's probably some stuff that's going to pop up. doesn't mean I'm ignoring them. I'm planning for them, but I'm just not going to focus on them, right? I'm not going to let that be the whole drive behind everything that's going on. And you need to approach life the same way. When you're talking about, when I say can they pay, that's very specific to clients. But think about just the broader aspect of what this is in terms of the people you have in your life. Can they bring the value that they need to me for me to do the right thing for them? right? For me to become the best version of me and who I can be, can they offer me the energy and the support that I need from them? And if they can't, like I say all the time, edit the time that you're spending with them. You know how you go on like iMovie and you can edit movies and you can shorten clips and you can change them around or even on uh, Instagram and stuff, you can do that with songs and stuff. It's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. Just do that with the people in your life instead. Edit the time that you're spending with. You don't have to get rid of them. Right? I'm not telling you to just kick some people off the cliff and never talk to them again. I'm saying just edit the time and find when they're in the good space and spend that quality time with them and then everything else be, gone, be done with it, right? Be gone with them. If you guys get fired up with, a, maybe you got a friend and you're, you're buying a property. I'm giving you a very personal example of just a buddy, a buddy of mine. This dude fires me up. Like I love talking real estate with him. Fucking great time, right? Like it's, it's killer. Like it's good. But then he gets into the rehab part of it. And it just, it just, he's blowing everything out. Like I got, I got this plan and I know what I'm doing and I got my budgets and everything's good. And then he's like, what did you think about this? Well, what about that? And I'm like, Hey man, listen, like this is, this is like, this is the business of property. Like we've got a whole plan that we, everything's outlined. We know, we know what we're doing. Like, to be honest with you, like this isn't your lane, you know, stay out of it. And it's just like, what about this? What about that? What about this? Like, yeah, we're not, we're not even focusing on that. Like, that's not like the tree in the front yard needs to be trimmed. Like, yeah, got it. Like we're, we're focusing on the bathroom in the house. You know, like that's, that is not the concern that I'm worried about right now. I'm focusing on this. So you just, just know that the people in your life, there's certain, there's certain lanes that they stay in. And as long as you keep them in those lanes, you're good. But as soon as you start letting them cross outside those lanes and enter into other places and points of your life, don't let that energy interfere with you. You got to, you got to keep things where they need to be in that positive state, right? That positive mindset. So that's what I mean when I say, can they pay? Not only am I talking about clients come to the table with the right amount of money, I'm also talking about people in your life come to the table with the value that you need in order for you to grow. So that's the third one when I talk about the people that you're going to work with, the people that you're going to surround yourself with, the people that you're going to have in your life. The third one, talking about the third uh, principle and price of success that's going to cost you is you have to be very cognizant of the power of your mind and the decision-making that you have. I can't tell you how often I have people uh, that can't make it, like can't fucking make a damn decision. And I think that's a very strong thing that the army taught me earlier, especially about being an officer, going to ranger school and all that stuff. You're, you're forced to make decisions and make them quick. There was a time where uh, we were in Iraq and there was a group of, we were training with some Iraqis one day and we were out and, uh, when we were doing, I think it was like lunchtime or something, these guys just like completely stopped. Everything everything comes to a grinding halt and it's fucking like lunch. Like everybody has to eat. So 
it's more or less like set up security, get things going. They they get their fucking like bondy trucks in and they get all their food and stuff. And it's like it's like an hour and a half like stop like halt to everything. So of course we're like we're setting up security, trying to reorient reorient everything, like finding out what we need to do. It just has Americans on our side because our guys. I mean, we can eat in a foxhole or in a building or whatever it is, right? We can eat doing whatever it is we need to do. Them, everything stops. Security goes to shit, and it's like, oh, the Americans got it, you know, kind of kind of concept. So there's a time where um, it was lunchtime, and I was breaking down, and we were supposed to go do something the next day. So I was going to go scout out what the uh, what the route was for the next day, and I left a couple guys in charge, and I'm like, okay, here's here's what you got to do, and and told them everything, right? And I knew that everything was going to be stopped essentially for the next hour, hour and a half. So this is the best opportunity for me as the leader of that group to go, you know, to somewhere else to where I needed to like scout and recon, you know, the the priority for the next day. So it was it was the best opportunity I had. Well, when I left, apparently what happened is one of the Iraqis, get this shit, one of the Iraqis brought a firearm, and they were pretty much, they all had firearms, sure, but this one was, like, loaded, and it was somebody that should not have had one, and it was, like, um, one of the guys that was new to, to my outfit was very timid and very scared about it, and it was pretty much like, oh, he said something where he's going to come off and he's going to start shooting people, and he was talking about, you know, they, they talk about green on blue, or they talk about the uh, the invaders, which he was assuming was us, right? He was assuming the Americans. He's talking about the Americans as the invaders. Now, this is a friendly Iraqi outfit that was that was attached with us at the time. So I don't think that's exactly what was happening. But of course, nobody heard it except for him. And he doesn't even know Arabic. So it's just he was going off of like facial gestures and pointing and all that stuff. And he more or less saw it from a distance. So there's a lot of assumptions that were happening, right? Well, I'm not there. So I'm completely somewhere else. Now I get a call over the radio saying, Sir, shit is going down now. We need you to get back. So I was like, well, fuck. So that's not good, right? It's never a good thing. So, of course, I'm spinning up all my assets. I'm getting my convoy ready, and we're about to head back, and we're about 10, 15 minutes away. As we're heading back, I'm, I'm talking to different people, and I'm kind of trying to update my leadership like, hey, just know, just so you know, this is what's going on. This is how much I know I'm heading back right now. This and this and this. We may need this asset on station and this asset you know, prepped and ready just so we can, you know, if we need the support, we, we have it ready for us when you know we need it well sure shit as soon as i get there right i am the like the senior ground commander that's kind of what they what they call the uh the senior leader on the ground is the person that can coordinate and call fires and and do all the coordination of assets and movement of maneuvering all the troops and stuff right all the all the battlefield management is done by whoever's the senior on the ground so that was me now mind you when i showed up all I knew is what I was hearing from the radio, right? So I had to quickly make decisions based on information that was provided via the net. And as soon as I get there, um, I, I saw all of our guys were pretty much in our own security. So we were no longer pulling security for the entire group here. We were just pulling security for only Americans. We were in our own, like we had set up like a we'll call it, quote unquote an Alamo, right? We set up a group of buildings where we could pull security. We all knew where we were going to be, and there was like a set of where radios would be and where different groups would be and teams and weapon systems would be pointing in different directions and all this stuff, right? So all our guys were doing that. The Iraqis, they were doing the same. They were still eating, right? These guys were just sitting there like, look at the dumb Americans. What are they doing, you know, And their Iraqi hillbilly accent? But that's what they were doing. So they weren't doing anything remotely close to us, and they were just looking at us like we were silly. Well, it was because this one guy who was new, but he was, you know, senior, um, was all of a sudden making these calls and making these these random decisions, right? So I get there now. I take back over. I'm in charge now. And, of course, I'm getting calls from my leadership telling me, hey, what the fuck's going on? What's happening? We need an update. What's What are we doing? 
And it was pretty much up to me to make quick decisions to decide, do we need to escalate? And is this going to be a thing where we need to start bringing in Apaches? We need to start bringing in indirect fires like mortar systems and stuff. Do we need to start laying systems like that on? Or is this all an overreaction and do we need to de-escalate as quickly as possible? So, right. So you have to be able to make quick decisions. And I think this is where I kind of learned this is especially given this example, this could have turned into something that was substantially much, much worse than what it was. But I was able to get on the ground, talk to the right people, brought a linguist over, had him go interview with the one guy. I brought in some Iraqi counterparts that I had, some Iraqi officers. And I talked to them and I was like, hey, what's going on? This is what my guy heard. Can you guys dig into it? Give me back to me in five minutes, right? And so the, everybody did their part. Everybody worked really, really well, right? And, and when they got back and I collected all the information and within, I'm telling you within just like a couple minutes, it was even faster than five minutes. It was a couple minutes. Um, one of the linguists came up to me and he's like, sir, guy came in from the chow truck. He had a firearm. You know, he wasn't looking at pointing at anybody. He was just trying to show his friends how cool this new gun was that he'd found. Right. So it was like one of those things. It was just completely blown out of proportions. The Iraqis had taken this guy and they, they call everything they do, um, jail. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, we threw him in jail. I was like, oh, Jesus, poor kid. You know, like the kid didn't mean anything by it. It was just an overreaction by one of our guys. But it was good, and it's an experience on more or less make a quick decision and and do something with it from there. So everybody was fine. Everything turned out well. We got back to where we were supposed to be. Everything, you know, was handled cleanly, right? So nothing got crazy or out of control. So it was fine. But it's an example of making decision quickly. One example I would say, if you want, you need to be able to make quick decisions, in anything you do, right? You need to be one, be able to make a decision Two, you need to be able to make quick decisions because quick decisions lead to rapid results. Money follows speed. So the faster you can make decisions and the faster you can decide on things and be certain about it, not change your mind, right? Go back and request a free fund. That's not what I'm talking about. The quicker you can make a decision, the more successful you, you are. The people that make decisions faster are more, generally speaking, are more successful than people that Make decisions slowly and change their mind often. If you can make a decision quickly and change your mind less often, you're going to be far more successful than the reverse. Okay. You need to get used to trusting what it is you want and how you're going to go about getting it right. If you have a good feeling about it, do it, make a decision, go all in and do the things you want to do. And it comes back to like being able to let go, right? You have to be able to shed what it is you are to get to where you want. And that, that was a big, I'd say that was a huge stepping point for me. As soon as I learned that and I got to the point where I could let go of things and I could make a decision, trust myself and go with it, I watched how successful I was because I just I started trusting myself. I started trusting myself a hell of a lot more. And it leads to success down the road. So you have to be able to do the same thing, right? You have to be able to make decisions quickly and, and stick to it and don't change your mind. And just make that decision, even if it's a wrong decision, make it a right decision. What do I mean by that, right? Like, what the fuck? No, what I mean by that is if you make a decision and it could be the wrong decision, right? Like, you bought this house and you thought it was going to be great. It was a super big fixer-upper and it turned into be just a shithole money pot. Make it a good decision. Make it right, right? Do what you got to do in the little things. Put your own little elbow grease into it. Maybe find the right contractors. Maybe don't use a general contractor and do the subcontracting all yourself with little people and work the little deals. Maybe you buy the materials instead of them and then, you know, you supplement their labor with your labor and all this stuff, right? Maybe you do these things and it turns out to be awesome, but with half the cost or half the timeline that you're supposed to do or whatever, right? Find ways to be a problem solver and make the solutions work. Come to a solution that works and makes it right. You may have made a wrong decision, but it doesn't mean you can't make it right. You always can make most things. You can always make everything right. 
It's all about finding the silver lining on things. It's all about finding what that right actually is and what that right looks like. And that's, that's probably the hardest part with anything, right? Being able to figure that out and how you're going to do that. But you can do that. One, uh, one quick way you can definitely start. You ever go out to dinner with a girl and they cannot make up their mind, right? You go, you go to with that one person that you go out and they're like, oh man, well, there's, there's, <laughs> there's this on the front side. And then, oh man, there's all oh, this, this on the back. And then what about dessert? Like I'm thinking about the chocolate cake or the, you got the strawberry cake or like this. And then they're, they're going through and they have like 15 options that they're picking between, right? They're, they're, they have the whole menu. They've narrowed down to 15. Well, they're not buying 15. They're probably going to be able to eat one or two. Right. So it's like, all right, we got to figure this out. We got to narrow that down. Right. And you sit there for five, 10, 15 minutes. The waiters come back three or four times and you still haven't figured out what it is exactly you're going to eat. When you decide you're going to eat food, try this. Do this one little exercise. Take your phone, put 30 seconds on the clock and hit go. Go through the menu and then you each have that 30 second window to pick what it is you're going to eat. That can help you figure out how you're going to make quick decisions and then stick with it. Don't be like, oh, I never should have got this, you know, Reuben sandwich. I don't even like Reuben's or whatever. Find out something that you actually enjoy then. Find find a way for you to enjoy that sandwich, right? Take that decision that, like I said, is going to be the wrong decision and make it a right decision. Maybe you switch with the person that you're eating because you like what they have and they actually like Reuben's, so maybe you switch with them. Or maybe you just eat the fries. Or maybe you take it and you save it home for later and you bring it back to your, you know, your friend or your husband or your boyfriend or somebody else, right? Find a way to make the decisions right. Find a way to make things good, right? Because you can always find a way if you try. If you don't try and you don't want to, then you never will. But if you try, you're going to, right? It's all about confirmation bias. If I believe what you believe to be true is true for you, no matter what, you're going to find a way for the things you think that are true, you're going to find a way to validate those and make those real. And if you don't think that they're true or you think certain things are false or invalid, you're going to find ways to invalidate them no matter what. That's the whole science behind politics, right? No matter what, you can find statistics and data to support one side or another, no matter what. You can, you can always find ways to discredit another side one way or another, no matter what, whatever your beliefs are. You can find ways to, to, to organize data, right, so that it says whatever you need to say. That's the whole thing behind politics, right? Everybody's right because everybody's doing the same thing or, you know, they're just twisting the data in different ways. So find ways that's, that's confirmation bias, find ways to be positive about it. And you'll have a positive experience, find ways to be negative about it. And you'll have a negative experience. So why would you focus on negative? I'm not saying negative doesn't exist. I'm just saying, don't focus on it. Focus on the positivity. You're going to find a lot more happiness. Trust me, right? It's like I say all the time, Hey, give it a shot. If you don't like it, you can always go back to being miserable. But if you do, hey, you could potentially change your life. Why not? What do you got to lose? Right? It's just, there's, there's easy ways. But to break that back down, it kind of sums up everything I was talking. Try that. Try when next time you go out to eat. I usually, whenever I go out to eat, I will make a decision when the waiter comes to the table. I will usually within that five or ten second window, make a decision on something. And like I said, maybe I picked the sandwich that had the mushrooms and the onions on it, and that wasn't my top choice. I wanted the one with the blue cheese and A1 sauce. Well, guess what? Mushroom and onions are pretty fucking good. You know, this is going to be some good stuff. So I learned to like it, and I learned to love it. And you just get better at making decisions, and you, you become happy with the decisions that you make. You trust the decision you make to be the right ones. And I, I, that's invaluable, absolutely invaluable. I, I had um, My dad even told me, he's like, Josh, what makes you different from everybody else in the world and the people that I work with and the people that are in charge is you can make a decision and you don't question it and you, you, you make it right. Whereas other people don't, there's a saying in the army, 
a uh, half-assed plan now is better than a fully complete plan, you know, three hours from now or three days from now or a year from now, right? The, the concept of making a decision, even though it may not be the complete decision or the best decision right now, making a decision now and then executing on it is better than trying to come up with a perfect plan 10 years down the road or 10 minutes down the road or 10, you know, just down the road. It's always better to be decisive and stick with it than it is to be incredibly indecisive and slow to decide because success follows time. Time follows money. Success follows decision-making. The faster you can make decisions, the better you can stick to the decisions that you made, the better off you're going to be. So find the ways to be positive. Find the ways to find the happiness in everything that you do, right? Practice making quicker decisions. Find the clients that you're going to work with and define who those people are, right? Use that, who do I like, How can, or do I like them, can I help them, and can they pay? Use those three principles to decide the people that you're going to allow in your life that are going to be in your life, and then be able to shed your own skin. Like the snake, the snake that can't shed its own skin perishes, be able to change, be able to accept that there are changes and there are shifts, and it's going to cost you one version of yourself to become a different version of yourself, right? going to cost you when you do those things, when you make those changes, when you decide to set goals, it's going to cost who you are today to become whoever you need to be to achieve that goal. Do the things you have to do to become the person that you want to be. And that's what I got for today. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys like this episode. Um, this is another fun one. I love these, these kind of like success and how to be successful, uh, shots. So follow us on Instagram at fulfillment underscore podcast as always. And then we're on all the podcasting platforms. Be sure to drop a follow, drop a like and shoot me a DM. If you guys have anything specific that you want me to hit, if you guys like these more success ones oriented, um, I know the relationship ones are always pretty popular. So let me know what you guys like. And then other than that, we'll see you guys in the next episode. See ya.